Welcome to Log It, episode two. We're back. Thank you for those of you who listened last week to episode one. My name is Caleb. Uh, I'm here again with my good friend, Ian. Hey, guys. We're back. We're back. Uh, Very exciting. We um, appreciate all of the kind words uh, from people um, who did listen to the first one. Uh, It's really exciting to have to be going yeah shout shout out to everyone that took the time out of their days to uh check us out Caleb and i uh we, we appreciate it yeah seriously even if you just skimmed through it that's like super awesome hey we'll take it we'll take a skim we'll take a skim no problem hey i'll take a i'll skim. take a skim yeah i'll take i'll take a love the show and you didn't even watch it um, exactly listen, i mean i'll take it <laughs> i don't care uh oh bro uh, dude it was so good <laughs> Bro, that's good. I'm, I'm not gonna push it. Like I'm not gonna let no, try to. No, no. I'm not gonna stress test that. Um, uh, we are very excited to be back. Um, we are recording today on actually May the fourth. So happy May the fourth day. Uh, be with you. Yeah, May the fourth. I'll date us a little bit when it comes out. This will come out a little later, but I'll probably watch some Star Wars stuff later. I gotta finish Andor. I'm on the finale. So you didn't finish it. I need to. I'm going to today, though. It's perfect. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then we're going to watch Rogue One, which Becca claims she doesn't remember ever watching. What? Becca. So this is episode two. Um, Ian. Yeah. Another quick get to know you (laughs) movie question. Yeah, I feel like the people don't really know us yet. Let's let's. Yeah, well, they know how you choose movies, which we still need to do that write up. Actually, I need to make a note of that and post that somewhere. That'll be good. Um, That'll probably be on Instagram at some point this week. I wanted to ask you about what snacks you like during movies or if you even Mm. like snacks during movies. How do you feel about them in the theater at home? The whole should be right. This is um, this is a great question, Caleb. Um, I. My my snack ventures kind of ebb and flow, you know. I think right now I'm in a I'm in a no snack zone. I kind of I go I go into the movie, no beverage, no snack, and I think that's because um these movies are two and a half hours long or more, okay. and I'm yeah. not trying to miss a single a single thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, I don't get popcorn. Popcorn doesn't agree with my stomach. So it's just <laughs> better for everyone if I just don't partake. Yeah. yeah. Um, And look, I'm going to be honest with you. It's expensive, Caleb. Everything. Think it's expensive. So yeah. we'll see. I think I think every now every now and then I'll get a cheeky little icy. Maybe like a little Coke flavored Slurpee and that'll be my treat. And that's fun. And that takes me through the whole movie. Yeah. Other than that, if anything, what I was, what I've been known to do is I would go get sandwiches. I would go to a little deli <laughs> uh-huh. and then go to the movies. Did you get the backpack? I, Did you pack it up nice? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I like the reference. Um, yes. So I would get a couple sandwiches made for for me, and I would I would sneak sit in the back in? row. Were I'd you crunching in. and crinkling in the back? No, no, no. Did you unwrap it before? No, no, no. And just... This is no this, but these are also like twelve o'clock p.m. 
movie viewings uh-huh. right there's no one in the theater i can munch i, I can so. munch away i'm not bothering anybody uh i promise you i'm not bothering anybody <laughs> it's I just believe. me and my sandwiches um but yeah i think right now i'm kind of in a just no snacks for ian okay if i need a water that's great what about you how what are, what are you on the snack front appreciate that not as interesting as your movie choosing um explanation but appreciated um nonetheless i um i agree with the soda or the drinks and then the problem with long movies at the theater and i um so i'll i always get a soda pretty much like diet coke is my only guarantee yeah going to the theater because um i love popcorn yeah a it's super expensive b it always uh hurts my stomach kind of like you were saying exactly where i feel i just i kind of feel gross after it gets all over your fingers and your lips it just dries you out Mm -hmm. it dries out your mouth and then you have to take a sip of your diet coke and then you have some more popcorn you take a sip of your diet coke and then three minutes later your bladder's bursting caleb you got to use the restroom and you're in the middle of the movie that does not work for me yeah, and your stomach's just full of like butter and and like mm-hmm. um, and you know fiber. Um, uh, so so I do love it though, but I I know it's gonna ruin. It's fun. So Diet Coke is the best one because I get the caffeine rush and I'm like kind of hyped uh-huh. for the movie. But here's the deal: I also hate when other people eat popcorn at the theater. I don't understand why popcorn is a movie theater food because it's loud. And what do you, I, what would you? What would you want instead? Silent treats. Anything silent. Silent treats. What's that? Grapes. Grapes. grapes don't make noise. You know what would be a good snack for grapes movies? Are good too. Grapes are good. Um, a good snack. It is not. It's not a silent snack. Okay. Which is something we should trademark, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But like, like crudit, like carrots. I think carrot, like something no, that's like well, that'd be horrible. I, I, I'd never no, no, no. Movies again because of the two snapping because of the oh, snapping it'd be of carrots. So loud, you'd hear people chewing it in their mouth. You'd still hear the crunch. Okay, I take it back. But people with popcorn, they're wrinkling the bag and they're crunching yeah, it like, around. They're up. trying to get a big handful, and everything is making noise. And you're in, a, you're watching, stuffing their you're watching mouths. a twenty dollar movie. Mm-hmm. And you're like, shouldn't I? This should be the free option. You should have a popcorn right. section and then the paid section. I will say too, um, as you said before, when you and I went to the movies uh, the last few times, I did get something. And I also think that's the FOMO. I see Caleb getting a Slurpee and I'm like, Ian, want, I want one, you know? So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think going um, to the movies with, a, with another person kind of almost forces your hand. And makes you get one. I'm more likely to get popcorn with a friend. Oh, oh, real quick. Last, yeah. uh, last thing before we move on, if we even are moving on. <laughs> Do you like to mix M&Ms and the popcorn? What are your thoughts on that? Any kind of chocolate I'm, I like. The, the sweet and salty kind of thing. How come? Works. Why does that feel like a new revelation? Because I feel like I just, I just heard about that. And I never did oh, that when God. I was younger, you know? There was a 90s, early 2000s movie. Amanda Bynes, I think, goes to London and she starts to date uh, the prince or something. This is and Amanda that Bynes. Movie, I think it was Amanda Bynes or it was like Lindsay Lohan or something mm. like that. Not Lindsay Lohan. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, Lizzie McGuire, whatever. Uh, Tiller Duff. And then. Um, but yes, they, they do chocolate M&Ms, I think, and popcorn in that movie. So. 
you didn't watch that movie. That's why it's news to you. Interesting. That could be why. Um, Did you see that movie, actually? I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. in London or something like that? Well, She's the Man is a different movie. I know, but it was similar. Um, I don't know. But yeah, and then, yeah. Again, my la- my my take is no snacks. They're too expensive. They're too oily. Also, what do you think about the theaters that serve food? Those are kind of like fancy theaters. You get a little menu, you get an order, and they bring you the food. I think that's almost worse. Yeah. So I've done that one time. I went to um, um Me too. the what's the, the theater that famously does it at um Texas? Alamo, Alamo Draft House. Yes, Alamo Draft House. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I went to the Alamo Draft House in Austin and I liked wow. it. It was it was a fun thing as like a novelty. Um definitely a fun thing as a novelty, correct. But if I was like going to a real movie I was excited about and like really mm-hmm. wanted to have a immersive experience in, it would bug it would bug me. I think it's yeah. I think it's an um which is funny because that's I think the theater that's also like super strict about cell phones. Yeah. And then there's like, oh, and then there's like waiters walking back and forth the whole movie talking to people. And you're like, wait, well, that's all right. Right. It's it's not it's not good for a movie you've never seen before. Mm-mm. You know, like you have to go see, you know, Dumb and Dumber. You know, they're doing a little showing of that. Or, or if it's like uh, a date or if you're like going with like a friend, you guys just sure. Do yeah, fun, I would rather. Sure. I think my examples better where you go see dumb and dumber for like the third or fourth time and uh, okay i think my (laughs) example's better so well i think more people are going to the alamo (laughs) draft house to see dumb and dumber but you know let's Uh, do a poll on instagram are you gonna go to the draft house for okay are you going to the draft house or to go see dumb and dumber (laughs) um but yeah i again I don't know. If you ask me next month, Ian, what do you, what's what uh, snack wise, where are you at? I might be like, I'm on a popcorn kick. And then, I'll, yeah. you know, it just it just depends. Well, uh, maybe we'll check in. Maybe yeah, let's check in. Um, that was, um, I think, a wide range and interesting uh, conversation. So next, what we will do is talk about our last four. Let's get to the good stuff um ian yeah what are your last four on letterboxd by the way this app if you're not fam- or this uh podcast if you're not familiar is centered around the uh social media movie tracking review sensation app letterboxd mm. uh, one of the things on your profile is the last four which are the last four movies you watched or and this is something uh we should talk about you edited so if, even if you edit a movie from a long time ago, like change the date mm-hmm. or add a review, it'll become one of your last four. And that almost affected my uh, movies today. Do you like that? No. See, I was going to say, I'm going to do my last four I watched always. Exactly. And Letterboxd, if you're listening, go ahead and, get, you know, throw us a couple hats. <laughs> we'll wear them on the yeah. podcast video that we don't post anywhere. Caleb and I... <laughs> We're what you, we're what you would call uh, merchaholics. Yeah. We so, uh, yeah, good throw merch. us a couple of hats our way. Yeah. Good um, um, hats, and then um, we'll post else? them on our Instagram, which is um, yeah, like really like check out my new hat. Thanks. We quadrupled our followers in the last week. Yeah. Least. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, did we introduce ourselves? Yeah, we did at the beginning. Oh, good. Okay. Um, okay, Ian. 
That's correct. Old friends. Um, yeah. If for people that didn't know, Caleb and I were on a little league baseball team. <laughs> um, the Royals. That's right. The Royals. What yeah. position did you he, play? Do you remember? Back then, I have no idea. I'm probably just all over the place. I imagine they just kind of threw us out. I bet both of you, or both of us, were just <laughs> pulling grass. You know, probably we're just out in the field pulling grass. Oh yeah, probably. Oh yeah. Just um, anyway. Yeah. So last four. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Yeah, you go. I'd love to hear you. Okay. Cool. I watched Triangle of Sadness. Finally, this is the 2002 film direct directed by Ruben Ostlin. He's a Swedish director, I believe. This movie was nominated for uh, Best Picture, among other. I think it had a few other nominations as well as um, from this most recent Oscars. Uh, can't wait to talk about this movie. I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, after that, I I watched Galaxy Quest. This is a nice. movie from 1999, directed by Dean. How do you say this? Is it Pariso? Parisot? Regardless, I watched that movie. I would guess Pariso. Pariso, that sounds right. Galaxy Quest is uh, Tim Allen. Tim Allen is in this movie. Tim Allen underrated deserves a little bit of a renaissance, in my opinion. Can I say something really fast? Please. Tim. Un- T- oh, my God. Tim Uncle. <laughs> Tim, I, uh, Tim Allen uh, was our fun uncle, was he not? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was Santa Claus, Caleb. Come on. And Santa. Uh, very good Santa. Probably the most watching- iconic Santa of our our era of growing up way better than that piece of shite of who else coca-cola santa you know that yeah, guy no. no tim allen's my santa anyway and, <laughs> and then and then rounding it off i watched psycho for the first time oh did you i'm seeing a little smirk on caleb's face <laughs> yeah. and i think i know why that's funny we have two movies of the week this week though. we do yeah uh, watch Psycho, 1960 film, 1960s awesome. film, yep. 1960 film, 60, directed by Alfred, yeah, 60, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and then finally, we got Rushmore, 1998, directed by Wes Anderson, who just had a birthday kill, but I didn't know. No, me neither. That's cool. Yeah, just a couple days ago. Yeah, our movie of the week, Rushmore, which Ian uh, recommended last week for us to watch. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be coming up on mine. Um, awesome. Well, I'll do mine real quick. The last one I watched, um, or fourth last, the least mm. recent, was Murder Mystery 2. Um, that was uh, 2023, directed by Jeremy Gerlich. There's not much to say about it. Um, I do have a hot take, and this will be all I have to say about it, unless you have something. It's a good, fine movie. It's better than um, Glass Onion, by far. Like, it's a murder wow. mystery, not just, like, overall like it's a better murder mystery that that is like more fun to watch than it's a little Glass more Onion. straightforward. I'm just doing Glass Onion, a little more straightforward. It's not trying to be as you know clever and you know it's not overly oh. written. You know, yeah, yeah. Well said. No, it's not. Um, so that's my hot take. But otherwise, just like a fine. If you like Adam Sandler and uh, it's an uh, Adam. Come on, yeah. I heard the first. I heard. I haven't seen these. I haven't actually ventured into the. Um, 
the net the Adam Sandler Netflix universe. I haven't watched yeah. any of those movies. I heard the first murder mystery is funny, and I think that I like Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, she's great. Adam Sandler's <laughs> awesome. Like he doesn't always make great movies, um, but. Like usually, if you, I don't know, it was fine. It's one of the better like uh, how, Netflix ones. Like it's just a right. it's just a straightforward like couple comedy. How is their chemistry? Pretty good off the charts. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Great. Um, that's what yeah, you need. Fun. That's what you want, right? And the first one's fun. Like they're both mm-hmm. like if you're just looking for a fun murder mystery um, and just want something you can actually like engage with. Okay, question: Is this one you would recommend that I add to my watch list? No, no. Okay. This is if you're just like it's you don't have anything to watch. You just want to put something that's kind of stupid and fun on. You don't have to pay too much attention to. It's perfect for that. Right. That's how I felt about Galaxy Quest. It's kind of almost like a like a comfort blanket of a movie. Yeah. Right? Oh, totally. Um, and I don't know about mm. you. I've seen that one so many times. That was like when I watched it growing up. That it's just like. So I haven't yeah, seen it's it. Great. I haven't seen it since seeing it in the theaters in 99 and um i don't know how i feel about it don't know how i feel about it okay that's all i'll say galaxy quest galaxy quest correct okay okay i'll let you dig into it more if you want okay i'll finish my four real quick Um, oh yeah sorry i'm no 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 you're good um third banshees of inishirin um from 2022 directed by martin mcdonough um the third was rushmore uh our movie of the week from 1998 wes anderson my fourth this was unplanned i did not cheat i don't unplanned everyone i don't look at ian's letterbox um i watched psycho from 1960 directed by alfred hitchcock i love that movie i adored this movie oh it's so good can we talk about that really fast yeah, I was gonna say let's let's jump into Psycho because I'm like okay. I just I actually just finished it before we started recording, so it's fresh on my brain. Great, I have never seen this movie before, Caleb. This is my first time. Cool. Seeing- yes. Um, what do you think? Oh, I absolutely loved it. I, it's kind of cool being able to watch a movie that that's like such a cultural touchstone for the first time. I knew all the references. I kind of knew the ins and outs of the movie, but seeing it for the first time, I just, I could really see uh, what other kind of horror movies now are kind of picking from it. If that makes sense. Oh, totally. It's so, it's so well created. This is like, this is the first, like no spoilers movie I was reading. In order to maintain the element of surprise, Hitchcock asked that the cast not reveal any details about the film's plot to the public. It was, like you said, it was the first movie that was like worried about spoilers. There was like a huge thing about the cast having NDAs and not being able to talk about right. it. And and back then, a movie was really uh, sold on this high build star. Mm-hmm. So he famously, spoilers, kills off Marion Crane early on in the movie, who was supposed to be the star of the film. He demanded that this was a, a movie that people would not be allowed to enter the fi- uh, theater mm-hmm. after the start of the movie. Uh, and right. before this, movies would just play on a loop in the theater and there would be no official start time. You would just kind of show up, enter and go sit down and watch the movie from whenever you got there. 
and you could just finish it uh, from your start time. And guess what? Other movie did the exact same thing where they have this high, this high build actor and they kill them off in like the first 10 minutes. Can I guess what? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, you're asking me. Uh, Place Beyond the Pines is one off the top of my head. What were you thinking of? Scream with Drew Barrymore. Ah, totally, dude. Totally. She was on the she was on the the uh, on the poster, you know, I think yep. front and center and she gets killed off in the first scene. It's such a good uh, tactic, if you will, really gets you going. No, but it was it's really cool seeing. Um, again, just seeing a movie that you kind of know a lot about. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and and like one thing there's every now and then I'll watch a movie and I'll I'll get this like real sad feeling of like i wish i could have seen this in theaters with no mm. clue of what was coming i i read that hitchcock actually tried to buy up this is based on a book he yeah. tried to buy all the copies of the book he could to hide the ending yeah based on novel of the same name by robert block and it was uh inspired by the real life crimes of ed gain who was also a who was a serial killer um also it should be a fun book to read yeah. Also, Anthony Perkins, who plays um, Norman Bates. Yeah. Is it just me or does that guy sound and act? Like Andrew Garfield. Interesting. Oh, I can totally see that. Caleb, I was watching this movie and I could not unsee it. Just his mannerisms, the way he talks. It's very, very strange. Actually, now that you say it, one thing. I noticed watching this actually every time I notice and, and how many I, times have you seen it just as like an adult, like twice, I think um, from start to finish, but I oh, believe okay. I watched my dad would show us movie Hitchcock films when we were kids. Same I, with I, my I mom. Birds scarred me, dude. Birds yes. was so scary when I was a my kid. My mom, she showed me rope rear window. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, hey, shout out to our parents. Didn't show me psycho for good reasons. Can see why. This yeah, movie was scary. There's a lot going on. Yeah. There are certain times, like, like I don't want to speak uh, blaspheme. Of blaspheme? <laughs> Birds, great movie. I love it. To me, the special effects are, are sometimes distracting. Like, I understand for the time they were groundbreaking. I appreciate them. Right. But Psycho, to me, is like a perfect immersive experience. Like, there's nothing in that movie that takes me out of it. Everything is perfect. There's three parts in the movie. There's the first scene, the infamous shower scene. There's that. Yeah. There's a sh there's a scene with a detective that gets stabbed, and then there's the final scene, or close to being final, uh, where it's revealed that the mother is uh, dead. Right. So those three yeah. scenes, those those all have very um, very sixties like. Um, like the the takes are very slow like the reaction shots are very slow it'll pan to the actress yes no reaction and then reaction like there's like a split second yes but for whatever reason like you said like with birds for for whatever reason this film it just doesn't take you out of it you kind of feel it's still so compelling that's either that's that's due to the acting the acting's phenomenal the writing's awesome and also it's very cool this is totally off topic but i just kind of like the idea of marion crane she's not like a good person she's having kind of a, a relationship with a divorcee she steals money like she's mm -hmm. not 
you know, perfect a, protagonist. Perfect, exactly. I, yeah. I like that. I like that. There's something a little, a little nasty about this movie too. Regardless, yeah. You know. uh, and it's one of the scenes that surprised me the most. Um, the first time I watched it. Cause again, this is a movie so heavily referenced so heavily. Right. Um, but when she's uh, driving away with the money, like she sees the boss and she has that monologue going where she's like hearing yeah. it's not even monologue she's hearing other all the people talking and all the right. you know and she's having this and it's cool uh it was just really stressful and like it's such a simple thing because it's just some like lady in front of uh rear projection i think did you know i filmed like 77 angles for the shower i was gonna scene? say even the shower scene yeah 70 angles took seven days to film for a 45 second scene I read too that for Psycho, it was originally shot in color, but then he after after watching test footage of black and white, he thought it would add like essentially to the realism and horror of it. Wow. And that's why when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is this one of his first movies? And it's not. This is like no. after Rear Window. This is after Vertigo, after The Birds. Interesting. But it, yeah, that's really interesting. And then, um, yeah, it, we like this movie. So good. Highly recommend. I mean, it's one of those movies where you know it's good and like no one needs to tell you that, but it really is worth there's a lot, there's a lot of value to it still, even with you know its place. Um and, right. and uh worth worth a, a revisit. One last thing on that that I just wanted to say is one of the coolest things about the movie, there's something about Anthony Perkins' performance and the way he presents himself and, and mm. is probably like dressed, he feels incredibly modern or maybe even timeless definitely it, it almost feels like a modern person like snuck into this old movie and is like messing with all these like old actors or characters who don't understand in comparison like, to all the other actors on this on this movie yes he does feel that's that's awesome that you said that very modern like he doesn't have any of like that um that that air of acting there was like like you said a very theatrical uh air mm-hmm. of acting and, and leaned into theatrics over realism but his character always feels just incredibly grounded to me and his performance is just like super like he just feels like he's like more aware of things than the people around him in like a meta sense. It's really mm-hmm. a fun it, it, by far the best part of the movie is his performance to me. It's like chilling. My, one of my favorite villains, maybe my favorite like villain performance ever. What a take, Caleb. That's awesome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for I'm glad we both watched that because I was it's fun. You could I, was, tell, I was excited to talk about it. That was unsus- unsuspected. Definitely. Yeah, that was fun. Um, cool. Um, well, that was very fun. Thank you for sharing your last four. Um, unless there is another one of your four you wanted to uh, touch on. Caleb, I got to know, buddy. I got to yeah. know because you sent me a Please. sneaky little text message. Oh, yes. And you got me all riled up because now I have yeah. to know. I have to know. Yeah. Caleb, what did you think of the band? The Banshees of Anasharan. What did you think? Yeah, this is a good week because there's a lot of other than like murder mystery. There's a lot. Each All three of these were interesting. Um, okay, Banshees I was very excited for. Okay. Martin McDonough. McDonough. Or how do say it? Right. Um, In Bruges. Eight billboards. Really love in Bruges, which is a crowd favorite, and it should be. Um, I said in billboards. Movie. Eight billboards. In billboards in Missouri. Um, yeah, there's some eight, billboards. 
eight psychopaths in in Missouri. That was his. Uh, was that him or was that his brother? Was that him? Seven psychopaths, I believe, was him. Oh, okay, I didn't know right. his brother made movies. Actually, he made a very good movie called Calvary, and it's in one of my top four movies. Uh, it's a great Ever? movie. It's like one of my favorite movies. Wow. Okay, I'll watch list. Banshees, I really liked. And I really appreciated it. was a good movie and a really well made, well written, well acted, well shot, beautiful movie. I will never watch it again. Oh, no. It was no. devastating to me. I found it absolutely heart wrenching. Um, I was ready to laugh. The first half of the movie was really funny and I was really into it. And then and I just couldn't. It affected me. I was really heartbroken for all these characters. And I and then, OK, spoilers for Banshees. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to start talking about the ending right now. So pause it mm-hmm. or skip ahead. When he. When his sister leaves him. Yeah. And then his donkey dies. Awful. And then his friend cuts off all his fingers. Bloody stump. And can't play viola anymore. Or violin. Caleb, when he has the violin and he's with his band in the bar just and he just waving it around. He is waving his bloody stump. <laughs> but here's the thing, Caleb. As sad as this movie is, oh. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> so so did my little brother. My little brother did not agree with my take. And I wanted to laugh. That's the thing. I was ready for just I love Colin Farrell and um Brendan Gleason together. They're There's... one of the best duos. Um, like I said, in Bruges perfect amazing hilarious touching sad sweet um this one i just i really and i and maybe i think it's a credit to the movie um because i cared a lot about these characters i loved um i loved colin farrell in this um so good he's on a good run right now in terms of roles he's picking he's, he's yeah what else has he done recently uh he did the batman oh right played, on. He was under, awesome um he was in the lobster Killing of the Sacred Deer, which is uh, they're just like one. they're just pretty challenging roles. Yeah, that's someone. true. They're solid. So he's for, he maybe he's some, not underrated. Ch- challenging roles for someone who played uh, Bullseye in uh, Daredevil. <laughs> underrated. Uh, actually, we should talk about that one. Um, That'd be a fun one to maybe. Uh, yeah, it'll come up. Yeah, but like you said, the the movie itself is beautiful. It's yes. Irish countryside, um, gorgeous rolling hills. It's it's real. It's really something to look at. It, it's nice to kind of just be washed, washed in the beauty that is Ireland. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't as disturbed. I mean, I, it, it is a slightly disturbing movie, yeah. but but um, yeah, for whatever reason, I, I think I found it a little bit. It's I think it's it's like a black comedy. Um, definitely is. I think for me, it was more black than comedy, though. And that's, um, that's fair. But I, I'm not criticizing. Like, so there were um, there's hints. I'm not quite familiar enough with this history to say anything more than I recognized it being referenced in the film. The there's some war. Yes. Towards yeah. IRA and all, mm-hmm. you know, all that horrible stuff um, that was going on then. Right. And so I'm guessing this is some sort of parallel symbolic representation of that conflict of two friends who have no reason to really hate each other, just kind of deciding they're going to fight. Um, Classic Caleb is able to delve delve <laughs> deep into the story where, where where Ian is just like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I saw. I, the thing is, I don't even know. I just, I can just see something is there. I don't, I'm not st- smart enough to know like how to break it down. But at one point, um, the horrible policeman uh, oh, dad yes. was also mm-hmm. another de- horrible. Oh, poor Dom. That was another horrible part of that sequence. How Dom's Barry, just dead in the river. Barry Keoghan is amazing in this film. He is one of our finest actors. He's absolutely incredible. Yeah. His scene with um Carrie Condon where oh, he's man. essentially professing his love to her and she lets mm-hmm. him down gently. That that's heart. Oh. Well, so good, I need to go do that, what I need to go do over there then. Oh man, he's so <laughs> oh, good. God, Devastated. <laughs> a, gen- a genuine heartbreaking performance. Um Well, and then die like did he kill? I don't know. Just such a sad movie. Like I see what I mean like even just like everything I revisit, I care. All right, all right. It is sad. It, and I guess I just like really wanted them to be friends. Like it just really broke my heart that they couldn't just like be nice is to Is it cuz is it cuz you're you fear that's What's gonna happen between us? I'm gonna cut off all my fingers. <laughs> Please don't set my house on fire. <laughs> um, fun fact, actually, is that um, the the donkey is uh, the the donkey in the film retired. The director, oh. Arden McDonough, paid for its retirement, so it's just oh. it's just hanging out in the in in the beauty that is Ireland. Speaking of beauty. Those sweaters, man. I can't get enough. I was reading a GQ article about those sweaters. <laughs> yeah. And what did they say about them? Okay, did I read the article? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was nominated for costuming for this most recent Oscars. And should it have won? No. But I marked it down as my favorite because those sweaters, Caleb, those are some yeah. good sweaters. They look very cozy and, and nice. Yeah. Wait, so what did end up winning? Was it Black Panther? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, definitely, definitely more elaborate than a nice woven Irish wool sweater. Um, but what I will say again, yeah, I don't think I'll probably ever watch this movie again. Yeah. Um, but I think people should watch it. I, I was having dinner with I, I was having dinner with um, with some friends and one of them absolutely hated this movie. And it, it's also it's a movie where it's kind of hard to defend, you know, like if someone kind of it, it's a movie that gives people visceral visceral reaction. So I understand yeah. people not liking it. It's it's a hard movie to be like, no, but the messaging or but, you know, what I mean, there's there, it's very hard to, like I said, defend. So, yeah, it's a movie that releases an emotion deep inside of you. I would recommend his other movies. I know, I know eight billboards kind of has a bad reputation kind of for its, uh, portrayal on, um, sexual assault and, uh, police brutality. So that, uh, that interesting. Yeah. It's, that's also a hard watch. I didn't know that. Um, but in Bruges is also, it's a great movie with, with, with Dominic Gleason and, um, and uh colin farrell they're they're, they're great brendan gleason i think who did i say dominic please who's that i don't know that's just another person um another irish person probably great yes guy. brendan gleason um but yeah i'm glad i'm glad you watched i'm glad we're able to uh maybe we should uh this was a good last four i thought so i thought you know there's a lot of really great movies to talk about here 
Galaxy Quest, eh. That's funny. So I, 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 I won't even get into that, but I do like <laughs> Galaxy Quest a lot. Um, but I did grow up with it too. So it's like one that I've, I've always loved. I don't want to get into it, but there's only one part of the movie that was annoying and it was like a big part of the movie. So I was just like, oh, okay. Is it the, it's the aliens. hammer? No, it's the alien. <laughs> you didn't like Dwight as an alien? He's in the movie for one scene. Yeah. Also, it's funny how all the aliens are all like um, sitcom stars. Yeah, now. And like, they weren't think, even at the time. No, were they? I thought they were. I thought like some of them. I, Dwight I wasn't on The Office. That's no, I know sure. that. But I think I think some of them from were from like, um, I mean, I can't name the sitcom off the top of my head. But I just recognize they're all like character actors. Most of them are like actors. Yes, for sure. Um, Yeah, that's um, um, yeah. We'll save that one. We'll table it, and maybe it'll come up again. It probably will. Um, But you picked uh, a really fun uh, movie this week that I enjoyed revisiting. I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, Rushmore, our feature film of the week. If you watched it after listening last week, that's awesome thank you and uh, maybe this will be fun to follow along with hopefully hello dearest viewer this is caleb checking in uh thank you for listening to the podcast up until this point i had a quick note uh from here on out my microphone will be uh poor quality i uh stopped at this point to use the restroom and unplugged my microphone in the act uh and when i returned i did not set it up correctly again so if you are offended by bad audio as I am, please feel free to skip this and join us again uh, next Tuesday for a new episode with good audio quality. If you choose to continue, thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Bye now. All right, Ian, I think it is about time. Yeah. We've been blabbing enough. Let's get to the good stuff, the important one, Rushmore by Wes Anderson, 1998, your pick for the movie this week. Um, so let's start with your thoughts. Oh, I absolutely love this movie. Um, I think on a given day, this might be my number one of his. This might be my number one. Um, I think you're going all time. No, wow, my eyes no, 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 no. Were wide. No, not all time. It's up there, though. It's up there. I wouldn't judge. Well, your eyes bugged out. It's not a bad pick. Oh, sure. Well, it's a surprise. I, it's hard to pick a number one at all. Number one's Casablanca, of course. Uh, is it really? No, but it's a great movie, too. It's just... It is a great movie. But no, I I haven't seen this movie in a while. And I rented it from the library because it wasn't on any, on any streaming services. And hey, shout out to libraries. You know, they have they have a they have a great catalog. They have a lot of Criterion movies. If you're ever in a pinch and you want to watch a movie, go to your library. They have it most likely. Might be there. Um but yeah, so I picked this movie. I wanted to watch it and and I wanted to talk about it. So that's why we're here, Caleb. Uh do uh do you remember cuz this is a thing now that I'm realizing is that if I don't log it, yeah. I don't remember when I've seen it, like the last time I've seen it or like I have, I have like a, a memory about it. Um, and that's the same with this. I don't remember the first time I've seen this movie. I don't remember besides, besides when I just watched it before that, I don't, I don't remember the last time I watched it, but I do have 
I do remember the movie. I have a lot of good memories attached to this, to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think it, it's up there for me in terms of my boy WA. What about you? What are your, what are your thoughts on this yeah. movie? First time I've watched mm. it in a while. Um, I don't believe I logged the last time I'd have to okay. look. I don't think I did. Um, I think it's been quite a while. So my, um, Little little background on my relationship with Wes Anderson. I um I have grown quite um tired of his movies over the years. Um, but he was also he was very important. At, he hit at a, a very pivotal movie point in my life. So he he does have a very soft. This spot. movie, I feel like early Wes Anderson um has a lot of nostalgia pull for me. Like probably his first four, his first four movies. Um, I think I, I just have, I, I, there's a strong sense of nostalgia that comes out of me when I watch them. And it's funny that you say that because this doesn't feel, I mean, it is a Wes Anderson movie in that like the, from the soundtrack to just the style, just the, the stylized way of directing. But at the same time, it doesn't. Dialogue, dialogue is pretty Wes Anderson. But at the same time, it doesn't feel it. It doesn't feel like one in comparison to his last few movies. Like, um, uh, like it's a, it's a very like it's almost like a low key movie, like a low key visual movie in comparison to his later ones. And yes. I, I think that it's it's refreshing. Uh, uh, it's a refreshing watch. Yeah. Like there's no there's no like elaborate set design going on. It's all it's all, you know, based in in kind of like based in reality almost. Much more grounded than his future work. Mm-hmm. If you recommended this last week, I was actually a little like, oh man, okay. Because I, I was worried oh, interesting. I wouldn't like it watching it. I was afraid of when I revisited it. It was a good recommendation. Um not challenging that. It was more just like, okay, I have to confront this because uh I were you like, here comes Ian with a normie pick, freaking Rushmore? No, what no, the... it was more like, oh no, I'm going to revisit this. It's a special movie to me because I, I think I watched it for the first time when I was like probably like 13, mm. maybe 12. And so it was just like at that point where I was like, I knew I loved movies, but I didn't know anything about movies. Yeah. And, and so revisiting, I was afraid it would bug me. I was afraid his his Wes Andersonisms are so kind of cliche almost at this point that it would it would ripple backwards in time and affect my viewing of Rush. I agree, now. but the, after watching it, I realized what a well balanced movie it was. It was a good mixture of like classic Wes Anderson twee, like you know, it's a little innocent, but. Uh, but there is like a sense of nastiness in the movie, especially with a lot of the characters, especially with Max Fisher, the main character, who's a complete sociopath. Um, yeah, not a good guy. But uh, but it's all like draped in um, like a boys' Catholic school like aesthetic. So it, it's I, again, I, yeah. I think it's a nice balance between the two. Like it does have um, kind of like yeah, the cuteness of Wes Anderson, but also the abiding dialogue between all the characters. Like the amount of times that. The amount of times they say hand job, I think it might be in the double digits. And I, and I kind of forgot about that. Like, like, like almost, almost a, almost a B, a B plot, a subplot of the movie is uh, Max Fisher, sent, like trying to get a hand job in the back of a convertible, uh, which I, 
Well, he doesn't even he try. Doesn't, he, he just, just tells, tells somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. he got he one. Right? It's just he's just like bragging. In a weird I just like that. That's of like, like a threat of like it's him just feeling. kind of a thread throughout the whole movie. It's just it's oh, great. it's so funny. Um, um, yeah. So I totally agree. So I was pleasantly surprised surprised revisiting it. Um, that it was this. It felt very nostalgic in that it was this early kind of like indie movie before indie movies have been like um uh hit with the stamp of like Wes Anderson. Well, I mean this is a second movie, so like there really isn't and his first movie, Bottle Rocket, didn't get the recognition that Rushmore did. Like it, I don't I don't believe it was put out by a major studio. This was put out by um I forget the studio, but it was like a it was like a subsidiary of Disney. So it had a pretty it had probably had a pretty big release. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. And I, it was funny. There, There's kind of, it reminded me of this time that I'd forgotten of, where when I watched Rushmore initially, I think at that point, um, Life Aquatic was also mm. out, which is my personal favorite Wes Anderson movie. I could go that way too as well, yeah. And it's it's definitely more into like his like um, highbrow, not highbrow, but like um, um, his aesthetic being much more in your face and the much more like the realism starts to fade and the Wes Andersonism starts to take the main That's stage. where you see the Wes Anderson set design. I feel like that movie, because that's right after Royal Tenenbaums, or not right after, but afterwards. I forgot how Wes Anderson, when he was back at this point, was much more of like a, um, like a tongue-in-cheek, almost like, not satirical, but there was much more of like oh, a... Um, yeah, and just like it reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite, where it's kind of like quirky and sometimes like Jared Hess will do this thing where uh, people are like highly aware of the dra- drama of the film almost, and the characters are leaning in to the, the what the the film is like mm. presenting um, in a way that they wouldn't if you were being super realistic. The, the the character in the film wouldn't act that way. It's only because they're in a film that they're acting that way. Um, where that this this has that um, like the the uh, his sidekick or um, yes. Such a cute kid, yeah. Like everything with Dirk reminded me of a Napoleon Dynamite. There was something about just like the way he was like so serious and like acting like an adult. It was like clearly like a joke that this kid is like acting beyond his years. Like it's cute seeing a kid act like an adult. He's the adult ward of Max Fisher, who is just like a a very um, insecure. uh, Like he has no right having someone. essentially being under him it should be reversed you know uh yeah and so good good uh, point you brought up that we didn't actually do the synopsis do you want to kind of give an idea of just what the basic idea of this movie yeah. is so essentially rushmore uh it's a 1998 it's like a coming of age film i would say directed by wes anderson co-written by wes anderson and owen wilson and the movie follows uh the story of max fisher played by jason schwartzman schwartzman who this is his debut role. This is his first movie. And Max Fisher is kind of just like quirky. He's ambitious. Um, and he goes to a, um, it's essentially like an all boys academy. It's called Rushmore. Uh, and there at Rushmore, Max is someone who would rather, he's, he's more involved in extracurricular activities, more active in the clubs than say like uh, just the academic side of school. Um, and he's in danger of being expelled. And there he meets a teacher who he falls in love with. At the same time, he meets um, 
he meets uh, a character named Herman Bloom, who kind of becomes like a mentor figure. And then that becomes their, uh, and this ensues a, uh, <laughs> a, uh, what am I trying to say? A love triangle. Love Thank triangle, you. A love triangle, Caleb. Love, love triangle. triangle. It's just, a, yeah, it's, it's, I would say it's a coming of age movie. Caleb, how was that description? Does that make you want to see it even more after I butchered it? Okay. That was great. Uh, it's a crazy movie. Yeah, like I said, Jason Schwartz, Schwartzman debut role. Um, Wes Anderson met him at a party thrown, I believe thrown by Sofia Coppola, hmm. who is Jason Schwartzman's oh, of course. cousin. And that's and he, and he cast him. And I also read that yeah. Macaulay Culkin was also considered, which um, I don't know if I would like that as much. Wow. Yeah. No, I think I think this was a perfect Jason Schwartzman role. Um, I was very surprised at how much I liked him still. Um, like his performance really holds up well. He's also so young. I remember watching when I was a kid and feeling like he was really I old. believe he's either 15 yeah. or 17. <laughs> Wait, as yeah. an actor, he was actually 15? So. 15 or 17. Wow, that's crazy. So he's a child in this movie. That's crazy. Um, oh, it's so awesome. And he all he he definitely yeah, he definitely him. portrays a 15 year old. Like, he, it's a, there's almost like no acting to it. You could. This just feels like, uh, like, like bad. I guess method acting. <laughs> like he's just he's he's just immersed himself in the role because he is the role. Um, but yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I enjoyed it, and I, 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 like you said, it was nice going back to Wes Anderson before he had gone full Wes Anderson. Yeah, right. No, and I, I, I will say too, I, I appreciate Wes Anderson um, as a filmmaker. Like, I appreciate that he's created his own like uh, style. Like, he will, you know. But I also am tired of it, and I don't necessarily get um, super excited about his. I, I haven't seen the last one he made mm. still, uh, but the new one looks fun. Right, Rocket City, Asteroid City, Asteroid City. So, Jason Schwartzman, first role. Bill Murray is in this movie, Caleb. And this this might be my favorite Bill Murray performance. Um, okay. I, I say that now. But who knows, actually. I'd have to think about... He's so many great roles that I'd have to really... I'd have to look at his IMDb. He's so good in this movie. Um, I was reading that he... I guess he really enjoyed uh, Rushmore. He enjoyed that movie a lot. He wanted to work with with Owen and Wes, so he he agreed to join this movie on on um, on scale. He got paid minimum wage for this movie, so he could be a part of it, which I thought was really really cool. In the movie, um, there is a helicopter scene. Is that correct? With his play, there's a helicopter that actually drops down from the ceiling, I believe. I believe that's in the final in the in the final scene when they're doing like the Vietnam play. Yeah. I believe that's right. Yeah. Yes. Wait, and is there a helicopter in Bottle oh, Rocket? Good question. I don't think so. It, right? No, there's a helicopter in there's, there's a helicopter like in Life Aquatic, I believe. I think. Life Aquatic. Yes, there is in Life Aquatic as well. So I think on Rushmore, now I'm starting to uh, doubt my uh, mm. fact, but I'm fairly certain I remember this from the special features that I watched um, back when I watched this in the day. 
uh, what, uh, Bill Murray actually just paid out of his pocket for the helicopter in the finale. Yeah, I know that this movie was supposed to be made with New Line, but they couldn't agree on a budget, so they um they they so they went to to Disney and it was Touchstone Pictures. So that's who that's who released the movie. Touchstone. Um, okay, cool. Interesting. So Disney. Oh man, another Disney project. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah. Man. What else can we say about this movie, Caleb? What else can we say about this movie? Another thing I loved about this movie. Yeah. This soundtrack is amazing. It has probably three of my favorite needle drops in recent history. So let me let me list off some of let me What's list off some of these artists, right? So first off, you have Mark Mothersbaugh, who 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 has worked with Wes uh on Bottle Rocket and has kind of been his um his uh his go-to guy yeah. uh, of Devo fame. If you're a Devo fan. And he really deserves some credit for this, the Wes Anderson aesthetic. Cause then music is the soundtracks are critical. He, sculpt, he sculpted the world. So originally this, this soundtrack was just going to be um, the kinks. He kind of wanted to have like a British invasion, like soundtrack. I think of just uh, the band kinks, cool. but instead I think he, he roped some other songs in, which I think actually works in its favor. So you got Making Time by The Creation. That's the first needle drop. That's when it, it comes in at the montage showing uh, Max Fisher and all his various clubs. Fun, yeah. It's Great the best. Sequence. It's probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie. That That is so much fun. And then you got Oh Yoko by John Lennon. Another needle drop at the end of the movie, or in the middle of the movie. I believe that's kind of when Max kind of gets over his crush with, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name, the teacher. And kind of just realize is just is more comfortable with just being friends, and it's kind of like the three of them having more of a friendship than a kind of uh... finally kind of realizing. Uh huh. Yes, yes, yes. And and then at the very end, as the movie's wrapping up, all the characters are dancing on the dance floor because he just wrote him. We should say that he yeah. like throughout the movie, he's kind of like, is he a hit playwright? Is he trying to become a playwright? Because there's like the he's working on plays throughout the whole movie. I believe the implication is he's legitimately gifted at playwriting. Like he's not a great student. He's not an academic. Right. Cause that's how he got accepted into the school, but he writes this hit play for, for his school. Big hit. Everyone loves it. Everyone's on the dance floor, the shots pulling out. And then you get Ooh La La by faces and Caleb. I'd be lying. If I said I didn't tear up a little bit, I'd be lying. The line I love from that part is when he says, well, at least nobody got hurt. And she's like, well, you did. And he's like, yeah, but it's not that bad. Oh, it broke my heart. Oh, also, another cool thing about this movie was that it was kind of his last like non-ensemble cast. It's only like three main characters, which I thought oh, was really cool. Oh, yeah, a lot totally. more time with each one instead of having like 20 different people on the screen. So I thought, I thought that worked in its favor, too, because you were able... And I don't know. I mean, it feels like you're able to get more character development out of that. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate just having a focus on three rather than rather than more than that. I hadn't thought about it, but you mentioned that I would add that as a criticism to his like most recent stuff. There's too many people in it where it's like, oh my god, this is exhausting. Yeah, right. So I, I do I did appreciate that in this that it is a small. It really story. wonder. It, it really makes you wonder how those movies aren't more expensive. <laughs> 
all the characters. Seriously, do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Um, I have to think about favorite scenes. I mean, I love this sequence. It's it's an Mm. easy one, but when he's um when they're pulling the pranks or uh, sabotages on each other, so good. That's another great needle drop. You mentioned that might be my favorite in the movie. Um, I still love that song, which I only know because of that movie. Um, oh, it's the Who. Yeah, that's awesome. When your boyfriend's gone, or something like that. Um, when the boyfriend's away. One thing I noticed watching this time that I'd never noticed before, which is a really fun detail. Um, there's a great joke at the beginning of the movie, or near the beginning, when he meets Bill Murray, uh, and he goes, "Were you in Vietnam?" And Bill Murray's like, "Yep." And he goes, was I in the shit? shit. And he goes, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the play at the end is all about Vietnam and the trenches and stuff. And right. I just never realized he wrote the play for Bill Murray. And, and maybe it was like semi-inspired. It was dedicated to him. Dedicated. But I just like hadn't made right. that connection with that quick line. Because that joke is hilarious. But And then Bill Murray crying at the end is another great joke where this little kid's play affected him so much. But then it's also that it was personal. Like that was like based on somewhat his life. Like even if it was just that one line of mentioning it, but but Max wrote that just right. for him, uh, basically, which was a great little detail I had never quite fully appreciated. So last quick thing, um, I watched Banshees of in a Sheeran soon before this, and they were weirdly uh, a great double feature or would make a great double feature. There was um it reminded me uh, the Max and uh, Bill Murray's fight and kind of like friends, frenemies reminded me a lot of Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell in Banshees of just these two guys who initially made this like great friendship and then just kind of just like ended up hating each other for no good reason really uh, and go to war. I definitely recommend watching Rushmore last so you're not, uh, you don't have like a sense of dread At, yeah, finish with in the Rushmore, pit of your stomach. Bond, yeah. two things i loved or two of my favorite or one of my favorite scenes in the movie is still when bill murray's on yeah. the f- i believe he's on the phone with max and he's approaching these kids on a little play school basketball hoop and one of the kids takes a shot and he just blocks the shot do you remember that he just jumped in oh yeah genuinely yeah. i i don't remember having ever laughed as hard as uh the first time i saw that yeah that was so funny dude. like truly one of the funniest things i've ever seen and then also there's a character named uh magnus buckin buckin buchan and he plays like kind of like the antagonist to max okay. he's like the, the a, a scottish bully but i loved him because I think this helps in terms of like world building is just making your characters a little bit more distinct. And he has this thick Scottish accent for really no reason, because this school takes place in Austin, uh, I think Houston, Texas, huge Scottish accent. He has a cast and then like half of his ears bitten off. And I kind of just love, I just kind of love little things like that because it just makes it feel more lived in. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's great. And he's also, he has some of the best lines in the movie as well. Not only because he's, uh, has a thick accent, but just because they are, they're, they're very funny. And again, I think this movie, I think what, it, what it does for me. And again, it could be the same with his later movies. I feel like I just haven't watched a Wes Anderson movie. Um, or any of his later ones in a while, like the most recent ones are this and Bottle Rocket, her, his first two. But like the dialogue is so biting 
like there's like there's just like i think i said this earlier but like just a sense of nastiness and i just kind of like that it just i think it just helps the movie it's just it, it's not too cute or i guess it is a little cute but there's a there's a good balance a good mixture at least yeah and it's it's like cute in the the right way mm. uh okay my favorite scene i thought about is the uh drunk scene with luke wilson where Max gets drunk and sassy after. Oh my gosh! He keeps telling everybody that he wrote a hit play. Nice. What did you nice do? Nice nurses <laughs> scrubs, guy. They're OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Very good. <laughs> it's so funny, and also, it, it that is how you would. That's how you would act as kind of as as a a raging hormonal teenager yeah another one of my favorite scenes is early in the movie so bill murray's character herman bloom he's kind of he's like a multi-millionaire he owns like a metal plating company his kids go to rushmore he donates money to the school he's he's involved in the school yeah and at the beginning of the movie he gives like a keynote speech which genuinely i think is one of the most underrated speeches in uh well movie history frankly caleb if you can if you can insert that speech right over this that would be great because i think everyone needs to hear it thank you you guys have it real easy i never had it like this where i grew up but i send my kids here because the fact is you go to one of the best schools in the country rushman now for some of you it doesn't matter. You were born rich and you're going to stay rich. But here's my advice to the rest of you. Take dead aim on the rich boys. Get them in the crosshairs and take them down. Just remember, they can buy anything, but they can't buy backbone. Don't let them forget that. Thank you. And the cool thing about that speech, which is so funny, or not so funny, but just interesting, I'm scrolling through and I see that that speech was written by Owen Wilson's father. Yeah, interesting. Owen, yeah, Owen Wilson was was uh, was interviewed in a magazine called the the Happy Reader, and he says, "My dad would rail against inherited wealth. So when Wes and I were working on that." And we needed to have Bill Murray deliver a speech in the assembly. We asked my dad, and he wrote the whole speech. <laughs> I thought that was so interesting, yeah, and it's a great awesome. speech. It's so that's good. so funny. I hope that's true. I didn't. I didn't actually do any uh, delving into fact fact check, but but I I, I I I'd like to believe that it's true. It's true enough. Okay, but speaking of soundtracks or needle drops, the very end of the movie. It, it it does feel very on the nose, but it works so hard. And I think that's because of the, the nostalgia pull that you and I were talking about. So end of the movie, yeah. Ooh La La by Faces comes on. And Caleb, I started tearing up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it got me. Because I, again, I'll say it, I'll, I'll say it again. Strong, filled with a strong sense of nostalgia. Filled me to the brim. Sure. And that's not just because... I was head of the Beekeepers Association at Glendora High School. Go Tartans. 
but I wrote that down. I thought that was funny and I wrote that down. But I think that I think this move I think I really missed high school for watching this movie, which is kind of pathetic to say, but I think the the forced the forced so- socializing that you have to go through in high school was something I actually enjoyed and I really looked forward to. So I don't know why, but I think I was just like, after watching it, I was like, man, dare I say it? Those were the good old days. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It was so embarrassing, but I was just like, dang, like, man, what a time, what a time it was just to like be able to see all your friends and hang out. And I think now, I guess this is what happens when you hit 30 you're just like you're the number of friends you have just turns into one and then you have to make a podcast with them um but uh but man it it really worked on me i i again after i guess after watching i was like dang yeah i just i guess say what you will about west but man he this one this was a this is a great movie i love this movie i agree man it definitely, I don't know if I got the high school feeling. I don't know what it, there's definitely a nostalgia. For sure. Would you recommend this movie, Caleb? Oh, for sure. For sure. If you've never seen it, definitely. If you like modern Wes Anderson, it's worth revisiting. If you hate modern Wes Anderson, it's worth revisiting to see, you know, where he came from. Yeah, I'd, I would recommend it as well. Did you enjoy it again? I mean, I know you did, but yeah. Oh, I absolutely it. loved it. Yeah, it was it was really fun to rewatch. But yeah, Caleb, I think I want to do something now that we have we didn't do it on last episode, but I kind of want to have a we need I want to include more letterboxed spins to the pod because you know this is kind of a this is a non letterboxed. Okay. A non letterbox sponsored letterbox podcast, is it not? Correct. So I'm gonna read some reviews from from the members of Letterboxd. I'd love that. How does that sound? Yeah, that'd be great. Shout out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read a couple reviews. We're gonna start with some good, then we're gonna add some with end with some bad. How does that sound? Okay. This first review comes from user tub tim they gave it five stars they liked it which you get a little heart next to the to the rating and they also rewatched it and tub tim says wes anderson never disappoints me this movie is very lovely it's another wes anderson movie that i'm very impressed with cat emoji with hearts in the eyes and that was from tub tim i would agree with that all right i mean well i mean caleb you they say Wes Anderson never d- disappoints them. I was going to say that's a bit strong for me, but I respect the, if you got, if you like it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that take. Right. Another five-star review from Gariscus. Absolutely love this film. Lighthearted and comedic throughout. All around good vibes. Every line out of the main character's mouth made me crack up. I wish I had his confidence, even if it did <laughs> tend to get him into trouble. The soundtrack was great as well and worked perfectly with the montages. Love the clothing aesthetic as well. The blazers and glasses combo worked so well. I agree with this review, Caleb. I mean, the soundtrack was great. Absolutely loved it. I love blazers. I'm on the show. Yeah, Gariscus. Come on. And then finally, I'm going to end this good review with Hera. That's five A's. 
and five-star review. And they say, such fun seeing this at the cinema with my mother. I liked the bit where she grinned at me when Brian Cox was first on screen. We didn't mention Brian Cox was in this movie. If you're um, a big succession head, Brian Cox plays the principal, I guess, in this movie. He's very funny. He's a great character. Yeah, he's pretty hilarious in this. Yeah. Him and Max have like a budding heads relationship. But and their and their their scenes are great together. So those were some good reviews, Caleb, but what about some bad reviews? I'm excited for these. I'm curious. Not everyone liked this movie. And on Letterboxd, you can go as high as five stars and you can go as low as a half star. Caleb, would you believe that some people... There's no no star? There's no 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 star. But there is half stars. And why don't I read a few? This got half stars. This got half stars. Some people, like I'm saying, Wes Anderson oh, might have that effect on people. And this first half star review comes from user Lobster Goober. And they say, I don't know why. I just don't see what everyone sees in this movie. It was boring. Caleb, what do you think about this review? Was it boring to you? That's it. He doesn't elaborate. They just they thought it was boring. Well, I have a review for this review. Boring. Well, hey, 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 hey. Okay, well, we're not here to attack. These are our people. Gator buddy, boring. These are our people. I'm attacking. Okay. So they didn't like <laughs> Are they your friends? Are these actual people you know? No, no, I don't know any of them. Okay, good. I'm just, I'm just reading the reviews. <laughs> Stinzy Linson also gives us a half-star review, and they say, Wowzers, did I hate this. I'm sorry. I just don't get Wes. I really try to find what others see in it, and I think sometimes maybe I see glimmers, but mostly instead, these movies just fill me with rage and frustration, and in this case, secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> rage and frustration for Rushmore. But there's still more. There's still more to this review. They say, I know this style of movie works for a lot of people. I am not one of those people. But good for Wes Anderson. Uh, but good for Wes Anderson. Sorry. But good for Wes Anderson for so distinctly finding his voice. It's a little bit of a compliment at the end there. That's nice. Yeah. And I have two, I have two final ones of half-star reviews, just because they're short and sweet. One, uh, this is by user M, just the letter M, half-star. And they write, I really didn't care. And then... <laughs> finally with a half star from username gucci and they say literal balls <laughs> so there you have it you know you get you get one side of the coin and the other is that a saying i don't know who's who's asking oh <laughs> caleb should we just end it should we just end it do you even want to do news I honestly think I'm, I'm getting, getting I'm, I'm like I'm crashing. Okay, let's let's I'm end it. So let's hard end not it. to. Okay, cool. This was a long one. Uh, we we did a lot longer today because we're just still trying things out, um, guys. And so we're just still learning and testing things out. This is episode two. We probably seemed so good in episode one. That hopefully, this wasn't a disappointment. Uh, Look, we're uh, Caleb and I. This this podcast yeah. is a work in progress. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Like yeah. sincerely, I really do. Yeah, I appreciate all the feedback and everyone that took time out of their days to listen. Um, very kind of you. 
Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can. Uh, you can email us at logitanothermoviepodcast at gmail.com if you have any movie recommendations. Heck, if you want to come on the pod, Caleb, this is something that we've talked about. We would like to have you know, uh, a more in-depth conversation with a third person or a fourth person. If there's a movie you want to talk about that you have very, a very strong reaction, strong feelings to, yeah, hit us up at that email, reach out. And um, yeah, you can follow us on Letterboxd. We are logit underscore pod, I believe. Caleb, is that right? It is. It's logit underscore podcast. Excuse me. Logit underscore podcast. And I think Instagram is logit. Instagram is. I think you're correct on that, my dear boy. Yes, you. Yes. So we are logit underscore podcast on Letterboxd, and we are logit underscore pod on Instagram. So follow us there. Follow us there, and yeah, reach out and genuinely would love any feedback. Nothing too rude or harsh, um, but you know, again. It's our second episode. We're having fun with it. Kids gloves. Yeah. And yeah, Caleb, do we have a movie that we want to talk about for next week? Because I don't know if we do. What would you think about us? Oh, the Jordan. I haven't seen it yet. That's great. Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. That's a fun one. All right, cool. Great pick, Caleb. I saw Get Out. Loved it. And I saw Nope. But I have not seen us so this is very exciting i'm excited to get in well caleb i think it's i think it's time for us to say goodbye to everyone that was a great episode i had a lot of fun i um i really enjoyed uh episode two yeah two crazy huh all righty this is great all right everybody thank you so much for joining us on this uh second ride of ours uh, please join us next week. Uh, we'll be discussing the Jordan Peele film Us and uh, whatever else lands in our last four. Ian, anything you'd like to add before we go? Go watch a movie. And join us next week for another great episode. I love it. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.